0: Drink This Beer is brought to you by The Beer Guys. BeerGuysRadio.com is where you need to go to get the scoop on what's going on in craft beer. That's BeerGuysRadio.com. And if you like the show, consider becoming one of our sponsors. Head to Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. That's Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. Welcome to Drink This Beer, a show dedicated to craft beer and the people who make it. Each episode, we'll get the stories behind the brews you love. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams.
1: Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got?
0: And welcome back to our special edition of Drink This Beer with Dan Shelton from Shelton Brothers Importers. We're talking about the festival. We're talking about his story and a whole bunch of stuff. If you missed part one, you'll want to go back and uh, download that on Stitcher, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. But in the meantime, here's part two. And welcome back to Drink This Beer. We're talking to Dan Shelton of the Shelton Brothers. Of course, their festival is coming up August eighteenth and nineteenth here in Atlanta at Southern Exchange at two hundred Peachtree. You can get tickets and details at sheltonbrothers.com slash festival. Now we had talking about your return now to Georgia. You guys are back in Georgia now, uh, which is uh, happy With for all full of us. Force, yes, all well,
2: kinds of good stuff. Here. Thank you, thank
0: you to Liberator and uh, and, and makes us beer geeks happy. Um, if people haven't been to the festival. Because it really is the first time you're here in Atlanta. What should people expect?
1: Huh. Well, uh, it's uh, it's just a, a thing where, you, well, you, we don't want you to, and, and nobody does, get hammered. It's not one of those festivals, you know. And you obviously you do expect to try a lot of things. So you, you take a small amount and uh, keep moving as much as you can because there are, are going to be a hundred, probably a hundred. Uh, Presenters or you know producers there to talk to people, and so we we want people to um, you know be contemplative in their drinking and, and and ask a lot of questions and really get to know these brewers because that's one of the joys of, of this business we're in, which is kind of us not many people who do exactly what we do, but uh, we, we deal with really small brewers uh, and producers of you know mead and and uh, and cider who are. You know, they want to be small and they'll stay small. And they are really good people with a lot to say. And uh, you should expect to, you know, walk some time just to hang out in one place to talk to people. But you also got to, you know, not spend all your time in one place and and keep moving. Um, and uh, you know, have a have a shot of beer here and a shot of beer there and uh, get as many as you can. in you know, it's yeah, it's uh, not not the kind of place where you you get a whole pint of beer and just chug it. You
2: know. Yeah. So speaking of the Dan, there's always, we know there's a few big names that people are always going to be lining up for and trying to get, but we found that a lot of festivals that there's so many good places that may be sitting right next to these ones. People are lining up for with absolutely nobody there because someone's trying to stand in line to get this well out there, you know, or whatever.
1: Yeah. We've, we tried to figure out ways to deal with that, but it is really, it's just, it's just not possible. Um, but I well, I I don't we haven't put uh, put it out there. But um, some people that that normally um, get big lines aren't going to be there, unfortunately, because of the really because of the time of the year, mm-hmm. and that, that refers mostly to European brewers. Because uh, well, my wife's German, so I know this very well, um, and uh, reminded of it again with this festival. But August is virtually a dead month. Uh, in in almost all of Europe, uh, in, including the beer industry, and so uh, they're all on their vacation.
0: <laughs> Everyone's on the, uh, okay. on the Canary okay. Islands right. and Number. hanging out. Yeah. So and then of course they got to ramp up for Oktoberfest. So, well, good.
1: What's yeah. That? So
2: what are some of the what are some of the breweries that people maybe haven't heard of that are just making great beers that people should look out for there?
1: Oh wow, geez. Honestly, um, I would have a hard time if I, you know pick any favorites. All of them. Try them all, right? Yeah. Well, really, there's... there's um, I mean, look, there are some that are better than others. And some... Sure. There's the thing about beer that's always been, to me, prob- sort of intellectually problematic is that you can have a fantastic beer at one point, And uh, I... I you know, if I show up and I... Um, that's my one talent, by the way, is I... I I can show up uh, at three or four in the morning and, and still taste the beer and go, "Oh my God, that is stuff."
0: That's <laughs> um, a good talent to have, but,
1: actually. <laughs> yeah, well, it's um, you know, it's harder work than maybe it sounds. But, uh, <laughs> still, anyway, it's you know, you uh, you can taste the beer at one point and then uh, a year later, sit down. I I can tell you stories. Again, you know, I don't want to say anything negative about anybody, but uh, we've had people change things. They they get some new equipment that it involves changes in the in the uh ingredients or changes in the in the brewing methods and stuff like that. And it beer can change an awful lot oh, yeah. from year to year. And so some things and we've had well one example is uh uh a from France, which is a great brewery. It's it's the one that really first and it's happening a lot now in France. There are lots of good breweries now but it was the first one that was making beer more in more like a Belgian way uh, there's a huge long brewing history in France but they it all got wiped out in the two world wars um, whereas Belgians kind of somehow escaped that but uh, this guy uh, daniel thirier um it was he just made this fantastic beer it was about four uh, percent just the kind of beer I like actually i I like what's called D.C. Session beer, right? Uh, mm-hmm, right. And, but really hoppy and really fresh and with character. It's hard to describe what character is, but you know it you when know, you see it. Yeah, And it was just a fantastic beer. And then maybe and a lot of, it changed a lot of people's idea about French beer, or even about beer sometimes you know, in general. But uh, the um, you know, a year or two in, uh, we were just pushing this beer like crazy, telling people this is really one of the things we love. Uh, it, it suddenly went all bad it was terrible and it turned out there was some kind of problem with uh, with the uh the wheat that was going into it uh and it happened to all over France and and it happened some in Belgium as well and I don't know I can't remember what it was if, if I ever knew but it it just uh it wrecked all these great beers but I'm happy to say they're back now and the same thing is true with, like uh that the brewery in Belgium I would always recommend I can mean, the name of few that I that have a certain history, history with it, I, I think I can safely recommend it without sliding anybody else. But Duranga, uh you know, uh, they make XX bitter, which I hope yep. you might have come across. Oh, of course, it's one yes. of my favorites, always has been one of my favorite Belgian beers. Uh, they, you know, they were brewing with a uh, Rodenbach yeast, and then the Palm Brewery, which is a large commercial operation in Belgium, brought uh, bought the Rodenbach Brewery, and uh, said, "Okay, no more giving people your yeast." And oh, so they, okay. they suddenly started, stopped having these sort of sour beers and, and went to went to um, just sort of you know more straight more hoppy beers. And, and at first, it wasn't sure how it was going to turn out, but very quickly they went. It became great <laughs> again in a different way, you know. And, and when that happens, it's great. But it's too often you you, you don't know. Uh, so many other times, you know, beers are just permanently kind of gone a little south, and uh, so it was. Really, we thought one of the best beers in the world at one point, and now it's only one of the you know, very, very, very good beers in the world. Right. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mentioned Doronka. Check that out. Check out Tierrier for sure. Um, another one, just who's a friend of ours, who's regarded as one of the best brewers in the world now, who was – I met him when he was, before he even went to brewing school, and he's just a beer geek. He was actually recommended to me by the people at Campion as someone who had similar tastes to mine, and it turned out to be very true Um uh, but he uh he's now uh, his, his name is Yvonne Debats and he is uh, the uh the main brewer at uh the Brasserie de la Seine in Brussels. Okay. And they make Taras Bulba, which everybody regards as one of the best beers of Belgium and a and, and a bunch of other ones now. That, uh and they all tend to be kind of easy to drink but very very dry, which is what I also really like and and that's true of the Thierrier beers as well in Doronka. Very dry, very hoppy. Uh, but hoppy with noble hops, not you know American hops, uh, which are a very different thing. You know, sure, absolutely. Noble hops, meaning, of course, like you know, um,
2: holler, towel, uh, saws coll- uh, coll- uh, coll- yeah, yeah, like that, yeah,
1: and um, the English ones as well, fuggles like and stuff. You know? Right. But anyway, okay. So, yeah, I, I want to. I, I could really, if I start really going, uh, I guess I would name them all go through
2: the list them. right yeah, yeah. Awesome. You. Well, yeah. anyway you look really, at it there's a lot of great beer to be had at the festival yeah, don't have any so.
1: preconceptions about where someone's from or if you've never heard right. of it, or just take
2: a look excellent yeah. that sounds great so An exploration yeah dan another thing we want to talk to you about some i read a very interesting article on beer advocate that they called the pride of belchertown and uh <laughs> i know, think we, uh we chatted a little bit I'm about about
1: that what's that some people in Belchertown actually, some high school classmates of mine, that article got out on some on some kind of website I, I don't even know about. But
2: oh boy, um, yeah,
1: there was complaining about the what makes them the pride of Belchertown, you know? Uh, exactly. There's oh. all great <laughs> things about. And I I, I would have gone on and explained it was kind of a joke, but um, right. But then you don't want to tell people that their town is sort of a joke. But Belchertown <laughs> is obviously a, a name that we we uh, we thought would fit well with. Uh, with the beer importing business. Okay, um, great. well, the article anyway. is, uh,
2: you know, we talked a little bit via email before uh, before we we spoke. We're speaking today here, and uh, the article painted a very colorful picture, Dan, of the history, <laughs> the history of the uh, Shelton Brothers Importers, uh, from the way that you looked at beer to the way you dealt with competitors, as well as uh, you know people playing in the same area, and just so many things. So. I guess out of the gate, uh, how much of that article is, is accurate? How true is that true story?
1: Yeah, well, uh, as I told you already, an email—it's um, uh, hardly true at all. Honestly, I mean, I wish I—I I won't even uh, be so bold as to say that all the good things that were said about about us were true. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that we had so much to do with uh, changing craft beer or or people's tastes in craft beer. I mean, we did bring the first real sour beer, of course, Cantillon, and and stuck with that uh, for a while when nobody cared. I got lots of stories about that. Um, Well, I think some of them are in the article, actually. But it's, um, you know, we we didn't brew that beer. We just discovered it and loved it and then brought it over and we're foolish enough to think that people won't like it, and would appreciate the difference between that and the, what I call, you know, the fake lambic beers that are uh, well, you know, they have sweeteners and artificial sweeteners in. Are we talking about Lindeman, Stan? Maybe well, that that would be one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I I, saying, I, yeah. I, but I, you know, it's it's not. I don't I don't think of myself as having. Competitors, really. I mean, no one else ever wanted to do what we were doing until recently. I mean, nobody wanted to have these little tiny breweries. It's it's hard, and you don't make as much money, and sure. you can't sell as much beer. I mean, we didn't have competitors, but but I needed to explain the uh, the difference between Cantillon and Lindeman's because I would I would go to bars and people would yeah uh, you know, would have presentations. I would give people Cantillon, and they would say, "Well, I don't taste." I don't taste the, the raspberries, and I don't taste, you know, the fruit flavor in this. And I have to explain, you know, that's because you're, and, and they would talk about Lindemann, and I'd say, look, that's because Lindemann uses flavors that make it more like, you know, a raspberry soda pop or something sure. like that. But, and and you're used to that kind of flavor when you think of raspberry, and a lot of Americans are using flavors like that in you know, back in the 90s. Um, you know blueberries and stuff like that, but think about wine. You know, you don't. Wine doesn't taste like grape juice. Yeah, and it, and and that's what's so great about it. Fermentation is a great thing, and it changes everything. And you you think about this is what happens when you and if you really have a palate, you can see that this is a. You can see what happens with cherries and raspberries, and and when they get fermented with a you know a beer that's got all kinds of funky stuff in it, and and um, you know it, it's just a uh, it, it wasn't. It was only trashing, say, Lindemans to the extent that I felt like I had needed to say, look, uh, they're putting this stuff in it, and yeah. you need to know that. You should know that. And uh, I have t- some little run-ins with uh, people who are actually, well, God, the main guy that I know at, uh, at Merchant Event at Selvin is uh, just kind of a friend of mine at this point. But, you know, I had some run-ins but I just said, you know, you guys, you need to put on the label that you're using... Uh, Something called Ace Sulfama Ka, or, or I don't know how they pronounce it in the U.S. It's uh, it's uh, it's like Sweet or something like that, right?
2: Okay, okay, All you, right.
1: Yeah. you have to put it on the label, and they weren't. And so you can see I was trashing my competitors, but I never, I, I was only telling people what I knew about beer, you know, and I was telling people what I liked, and it just so happened that people actually, and this is very gratifying, people cared what I liked, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. some of those are known for being. Selective and, and finding all these great beers that everybody else was overlooking, and, and so yeah, I mean that's that was our, that's our big success is that we've got people to believe that we we do have taste in beer, and that's all I ever wanted you know, to claim. And, and so vice Bay, look, I hate this beer, you know, I'm, you can say I'm trashing it, but it's not because I'm competing with them. I know we're not competing with them, it's just because I I'm trying to explain the difference is what we do and what other people do. That's all. Anyway,
2: and and the article fun. says basically the the whole motivation for starting Shelton Brothers is because you guys discovered Canteon and you wanted to be able to get it
1: here, uh, correct? That's absolutely that's absolutely right. I mean, it, it's it's almost like a joke, but it's it's an absolute, it's a, a cliche, I should say, but it's it's absolutely true. And uh, I I literally, well, the story is in the article. And I don't know if I want to put everybody toward the article, but uh, it's <laughs> right. uh, or point people toward the article, but it, it's um. It really was just I couldn't find the beer anywhere, and I asked a woman in a store. I was living in Brooklyn at the time, uh, Brooklyn, New York, of course, and uh, she uh, she said, "No, everybody's asking all the time for this beer, Cantillon, but well, she called it Cantillion actually, but whatever." Right. <laughs> and <laughs> sure. uh, and we can't get it. I said, "Well, my brother's friends with the brewer. I'm, I'm sure we can somehow get some to you, so you can sell it to us." And she said, "Well, you have to become a beer importer." I literally said. What is is that a big deal? Was what, what that, that involved? You
2: <laughs> have to she, fill out a form. He lied
1: to me and said it's no big deal. It's, yeah, it's easy. Say, sure. License. And then uh, that was like the road, the highway to hell, man. Once I, and, and of course, once you start on something like that, it's, well, at least for me and uh, I think a lot of people, you don't want to fail, and it was really tough. I mean, we literally lost money for eight years, and um, and I, I stayed alive. by having another job, and and living very frugally um, and eventually it, it totally turned around and we we started on paper at least making money but it, it was it was a really hard thing and, and it became clear the idea was to import cantail you know but uh it became clear that either I had to stop doing that and get a real, a much better job uh, and drop the beer thing or find more beers to sell and so I chose the latter and I started just looking around and, and Came up with, uh, you know, I, I started naturally finding beers. There, there was tons available back then. Lots of big beers that you, you people heard of in Belgium. I was looking around Belgium and France and Germany in the beginning, and there was just a lot still available. But they were all, I, I thought, the, I didn't like the beer. It tasted too corporate to me. It tasted too, you know, blah. And we we passed up a lot of people that wanted us to import their beers, but we. We found a bunch of small ones, and, and that make we think are just very different, great Belgian beer that's more like what Belgium used to make, and not you know commercial, high alcohol, sweet, not very hoppy stuff. You know? anyway, the, the you know I, I don't need to tell that story again anymore, I guess. But but I, I just will say that uh, really, frankly, the the author, who's a uh, well, it's of a friend for many years, and um, but he's a bit of a I guess I can't use this word. He he's a stir. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. you know I mean? All right. Yes. Yeah. You're using half of the phrase yes. there, right? There exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um but um uh, actually I can use the French, right? Flea med. There you, there you go. go. Okay. I know what yeah. that means. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the um he seemed to feel and he said he described it as as and being balanced. And I was like, what do you mean balanced? <laughs> what, I mean, you told me basically he was going to say positive things about us. I, that means he gets also find negative things. And it felt like he was trying to find controversy sure. and trying to, trying to make things. And he, frankly, he got, just like that, a lot of basic facts about, uh, you know, when I went to school, what I did, uh, you know, all these different things. And I, I, when I saw it, um, they didn't, they didn't show us the article, but they, he asked, uh, I said, You gonna fact check this thing? And, and so much should call me normally and and uh I said, Oh yeah, yeah, sure <laughs> And they sent a list of things. They didn't I never saw anything like the whole article, but it was just a list of some basic points I told them about when I went to school and kind of stuff and I, I looked at it and I was on my way to Japan unfortunately and yeah, right. I started writing all the things that were wrong just in you know, just like one, two, three, four. It was just it was hundreds <laughs> of things and and um uh, I well, my computer updated itself, and I lost the email, oh. and I I couldn't do it again until I got back from Japan. And by then, I called up and and it took, it took a while to get back to me and said, "Well, oh, sorry, we get we might have my and published it anyway." And knowing that I told him there's I mean, a lot of problems with it, but uh, there are, there's a lot of things that are wrong. But I, I guess the most important thing is, uh, the, well, i said like nuances, like talking about us crashing us. I think that's just wrong. that's that's a little more a question of judgment and, you know... Sure. It's a subjective thing, but that's... It's not a fact that's wrong. I just think it's wrong in general. But, whatever. The the deal problem. one thing was really wrong that really got my brother Will upset, Uh, well, he's, he's, I just stopped reading. Um, They they quote uh, one of our... uh, A a colleague... um, uh, that we worked at briefly when we first started. He didn't know what the hell we were doing, obviously. Another beer importer helped us, and he sa- he tells this story, that's supposedly about me, saying that I was really an unpleasant, like, you know, angry kind of guy. And it's so weird because I had very little to do with him, and I always had to, I always, you know, did the best to maintain respect for him and everything he did. But he he actually he described something that. Didn't happen, and described being on the phone with me, and said, so like that was my first taste of Dan Shelton's.
0: And uh, I remember I, that, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I, I, uh, I said to Will, um, "What what, 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 did you, what, did you, what did you read that was bugging you?" And he told me that he said, "That was all, it was it was, you, it was me, meaning Will, not you," um, that Don pointed to, and. Like a, and he said he told me he reminded that Don had a T-shirt because "I yell because I care." And, and <laughs> Don was a guy who really he got very angry and well, it could be quite difficult. And everybody knew it, but the story comes out like he's—they quote him saying—and he's the only person who quote that really say he's been negative about my sort of demeanor or whatever. And um, and uh, it just isn't even close to being true. And uh, I expect a little more
2: fire and brimstone from you after reading that article, Dan, when, when, when we spoke. Well, so. you
1: know, I read the comments afterward right. recently, actually. I can't remember why, how it came up, but uh, some people were, made the point. I mean, someone said that they, they looked at these series of videos that are on our website called, uh, well, something called the Lombik Summit, where I, um, uh, you know, I, I brought together, it was an amazing coup, really. we got uh, Frank Bone uh Boone, uh, as he's known in the US sometimes, but mm-hmm. his name is Bone, B-O-O-N. Uh, and people have seen Bone Lambiques the out there. And uh and Jean from Cantillon, and Armand from um uh Drie Fontaine,
2: Drie Fontaine, yeah. all
1: in one place to talk about and I kinda of moderate and people are saying Wow this is the story about Dan is kinda of weird I I see those things and he, he does bring things up very gently, important things that are a little negative very gently and politely. I just, and then someone else. So, there's someone said Don Feinberg. So Don imported Bone for a while, right? And and Don's quoted. I didn't. I did not read the article yet. The whole article. And I've never seen this, but I'm told it's in there. Um, I, I just couldn't read too much of it. Sure. But I, <laughs> apparently, he says that Frank Bone made the Cantillon beers better. He went into the brewery and helped them making him less less acidic or less uh, vinegar or whatever. And that's just completely made up. And I've, I've actually uh, we had Frank Bone there, and I, and I gently asked Frank why the beer was sort of strangely sweet, and he said, "Oh yeah, I put I'll say K, which is the same stuff they put in in it." Yeah, and, and, he, and his well, it's all going on tape. And and uh, Don just in the article says that Frank Bone fixed Cantillon, and and someone another comment said. I looked everywhere. I can't find any any record of anything anybody ever saying that Frank Bone helps Cantillon make their beers better. And that's because it not It's, it's not even It's not even close to being true. And the relationship between Frank Bone and and um, and uh, Cantillon has always been contentious. And that's why it was such a coup to get them together at this Labik summit in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, ten years ago was it? Five, six, yeah, seven, I think so. Money. I
2: think so. I saw that. I saw a brief video of that. Seems like it was a yeah. while ago. So, so but, it sounds yeah, like I, in I, essence, the one of the true things is you love Canteon, You wanted it here. So the wise thing to do, which you did, was start the importer to get it here.
1: Well, I, I, there are many people you know, at the time or for many years who thought it was wise, and I, <laughs> uh, I <laughs> certainly worried about it. Uh, I, I, I literally would wake up. I, I was working, you know all the time and i wake up in the middle of the night really literally worrying that I'd be living under a bridge which I guess would have been the Brooklyn Bridge at that time I really I, I thought I had a good chance of failing it was really scary but and it it, it, uh, it it's just great it, uh, I mean they give us credit for changing the market in some ways but I, I don't I, I don't take that credit I, I think the market just happened to go the way we went Um, it, it, it just turned our direction you know in terms of kind of quality and people caring about quality of beer and, and caring about small brewers and, and, and really like, a lot of other things, you know, food, all kinds of coffee, anything you could name. Um, people want handmade. They want, they want something with a story behind it. They want something that, that, uh, seems, you know, where you know the people that made it and they care and they, they, Don't cut corners. They don't try to make a lot of money by saving money uh, on ingredients, whatever. Uh, That just happened to be what we were naturally drawn to. And that's, it just turned out that that's what the market's done. You know, the the beer market has turned that way. And of course, sour beer has become a huge thing, uh, too huge, in my opinion, at this point. There's a lot of crappy beer that has nothing to say for itself except that it's, you know, got some lactic acid tossed in or whatever. And, uh, a lot of it's really not very good, yeah. but either way, the point is that you know, it all went our way. And of course, the biggest problem with all that was that um, in the beginning, Cantillon, we had uh, we could only we, we bought too much and couldn't really sell it for a long time. And then there was never a sweet spot where we were just able to get just about as much as we wanted, and people were buying exactly that much, because you know within seven years or so. It about the same time we started making money. Actually, about eight years, in. so sometime around 2005 or six, I, I estimate. Usually, um, people started loving Cantillon, you know, and then started complaining to us all the time that we weren't that we were hoarding it and we weren't selling <laughs> it. To, you know, and how come California gets more than we do? And all? It's just been a constant fight. But the fact is, they just don't make that much. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So we never had a time where we were really able to, you know, just have a, a, a normal a happy
0: medium, right? Exactly. Right. Just keep yeah, a flow yeah, there, a right? Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, Dan, thank yeah, you so yeah. much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Uh, once again, Shelton Brothers Festival is coming up August 18th and 19th at the Southern Exchange at 200 Peachtree here in Atlanta. Tickets and details, sheltonbrothers.com slash Festival. Once again, Dan, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to check out our other show, Beer Guys Radio. Follow us on the socials, beerguysradio.com, Facebook, Instagram, and all that good stuff. Have a great one, and don't forget to drink local. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. More beer stories? Head to BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more craft beer news? Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, available every Saturday morning. Drink this beer, produced and developed by Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams, part of the Beer Guys Media Radio Network, BeerGuysRadio.com.